Good morning. Welcome to University Heights United Methodist Church. It's great to be with you all today. I'm Pastor David. Bev Elrod is our liturgist. Mary Lynn Winslow will be offering the children's message. And you all are the choir and uh, the people of God here to worship today. So it's great to be together. As a reminder, in each of the pews, there is a little folder like this. And there's an opportunity for you to uh, register your attendance inside. And also, if you find yourself interested and or called into serving in some different ways, such as I'd be willing to help pass the offering plate on Sunday morning, help the head usher, or sure, I'd be willing to uh, do refreshments one Sunday. You can use the little card inside here to indicate your interest in doing that, and we'll be sure to, to plug you into the schedule. And if you're uh, visiting with us today, there's a, there's a way for you to connect with us in that folder as well. So it's great, great to be together today. Just a few uh, opportunities coming up. Today we are uh, launching, relaunching a youth ministry opportunity at 11.30. So looking forward to joining with our youth fellowship downstairs at that time. In two weeks on Saturday, the 27th, our Kids Sensational Saturday will be uh, gearing up for this fall, starting at noon until 3, and uh, inviting kids from ages 5 through uh, middle school, yeah, to be part of that uh, great experience. So we're hoping that continues to grow as we reach out to the community with that opportunity. Uh, in uh, a week, a week from Tuesday, so that is the 23rd of this month, we will be offering a bit of an outreach to UND students who are uh, moving into their dorms. And so we're going to be giving away some donuts and coffee uh, on that Tuesday morning, afternoon. So if you would like to either donate some donuts, and I hear longs are like the preferred choice, like that makes our church look really cool apparently. Uh, so donate donuts or be with us that morning to welcome families as they come on campus. Uh, just reach out to me or Christy and we'll get you involved in that. So just another opportunity to, to send some welcome and hospitality. Speaking of uh, college connection, uh, as you have time, you might venture upstairs to see the renovation for the conference room. We don't have any furniture yet, but that room is almost complete. And uh, looking forward to our church as well as the university using it for some meeting space. Did want to let you know about refreshments and a time to celebrate next Sunday, the 21st at 10 o'clock. So following the service, there will be a time for us to celebrate the 60th wedding anniversary of Stephen and Ghislaine Smock. Uh, they will not be present with us, but there will be an opportunity to Zoom and connect with them. But there will be cake and coffee available and uh, continued time of fellowship and Zooming in the Seekers classroom afterwards. So do want to invite you all to be part of that special occasion next weekend. All right. Again, great to be with you all today. It's kind of one of those gloomy-ish kind of rainy Sundays, but I know the spirit of the Lord's going to enliven this space. So uh, let's start off by greeting those around us with a little bit of that joy and energy this morning.
how's it going? <laughs> it's fine. The Lord be with you. Oh, yes, let us pray this morning. Oh, Lord, our God, grateful are we for this time of worship, giving thanks to you for your goodness and your faithfulness. Lord, we are your hungry people, hungering for connection to overcome loneliness uh, hungering for direction to take place of our confusion, hungering for energy when we feel so very tired, and hungering for hope when the news causes us to fall down in despair. So feed us again, once again, Lord God, through your Spirit, through the sounds and words of rejoicing, through the embrace of friends near to us, through the affirmation of your commitment and care for us. Feed us once again. In this time of worship, we pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. Please join me in the call to worship. In the midst of the desert heat, God heard the cries of the people. Help us, Lord. Please tend to us. Manna was given, and water gushed forth from a rock. Lord, have mercy upon us. In the midst of the desert, of deserts of fear and frustration, God will provide for our needs. 
Lord, come to us and heal us. We long to praise you for your faithfulness. Please join me in one of my favorite hymns, Morning Has Broken. Lord, who lifts us up and feeds our souls, reside in our hearts today. Provide what we need to follow and serve you. Help us to listen closely for your word to us. Remind us that you are always with us throughout our lives. Give us confidence in your presence so that we may go into your world, ready to witness to your love. We praise these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Please join me in the affirmation of faith. I believe in God, Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead and buried. For the day he rose from the dead, he ascended into heaven and sitteth at the right hand of God, God Almighty. 
remain standing for the Gloria Patri. You may be seated. This morning we will be sharing in a psalm reading together, Psalm number 81, and uh, we'll be reading this responsively with the words on the screen, and we'll have opportunity to sing at various refrains. And so Luke's going to introduce the sung response to us today, and then we'll join and practice with him. to God our strength, shout for joy to the God of Jacob. Raise, Raise a song, sound the tambourine, the sweet lyre with the harp. Blow the trumpet at the new moon, at the full moon on feast day. For it is a statute of Israel, an ordinance of the God of Jacob, who made it a decree in Joseph, when God went out over the land a voice I did not know. I relieved your shoulder of the burden. Your hands were freed from the basket. In distress you called, and I delivered you in the secret place of thunder. I tested you at the waters of Meribah. Hear, O my people, while I admonish you. O Israel, if you would but listen to me, there shall be no strange God among you. You shall not bow down to a foreign God. I am the Lord your God, who brought you up out of the land of Egypt. Open wide your mouth, and I will fill it. 
But my people did not listen to my voice. Israel would not submit to me. So I gave them over to their stubborn hearts to follow their own counsels. Oh, that my people would listen to me, that Israel would walk in my ways. Then I would quickly subdue their enemies and turn my hand against their foes. Those who hate the Lord would cringe before him, and their doom would last forever. I would feed you with the finest of wheat, and with honey from the rock I will satisfy. Testament scripture this morning is from Exodus 16 verses 2 through 15. The whole congregation of the Israelites complained against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness. The Israelites said to them, if only we had died by the hand of the Lord in the land of Egypt when we sat by the flesh pots and ate our fill of bread. For you have brought us out into this wilderness to kill the whole assembly with hunger. Then the Lord said to Moses, I am going to rain bread from heaven for you. And each day the people shall go out and gather enough for that day. And that way I will test them whether they will follow my instructions or not. On the sixth day, when they prepared what they bring in, it will be twice as much as they gathered on the other days. So Moses and Aaron said to all the Israelites, in the evening you shall know that it was the Lord who brought you out of the land of Egypt, and in the morning you shall see the glory of the Lord, because he has heard your complaining against the Lord. For what are we that you complain against us? And Moses said, when the Lord gives you meat to eat in the evening and your, your fill of bread in the morning because the Lord has heard the complaining that you uttered against him, what are we? Your complaining is not against us, but against the Lord. Then Moses said to Aaron, say to the whole congregation of the Israelites, draw near to the Lord, for he has heard your complaining. And as Aaron spoke to the whole congregation of the Israelites, they looked toward the ill wilderness, and the glory of the Lord appeared in the cloud. The Lord spoke to Moses and said, I have heard the complaining of the Israelites and say to them, At twilight you shall eat meat, and in the morning you shall have your fill of bread. Then you shall know that I am the Lord your God. In the evening quails came up and covered the camp, and in the morning there was a layer of dew around the camp. When the layer of, of dew lifted, there on the surface of the wilderness was a fine flaky substance, as fine as frost on the ground. When the Israelites saw it, they said to one another, What is it? For they did not know what it was. Moses said to them, It is the bread that the Lord has given you to eat. This is what the Lord has commanded. Gather as much of it 
as each of your needs, an omen to a person according to the number of persons, all providing for those in their own tents. Will you join us in this affirmation to the scripture reading this morning? Like morning dew, like manna, fine as frost, may your word now cleanse and nourish us, O oh God. Amen. We welcome the children to join us for this morning's children's message. How are you all this morning? Hard to get out of bed? Yes. Because it was raining and I wanted to stay in bed too. But didn't happen. So last week at our church luncheon, we had um, some trivia that Pastor David shared with us. Peter, you were there, and Lorelei and um, Ruth, you all remember Mary. So Pastor David set, told us some fun facts. So I decided I was going to look up some fun facts. And my fun facts are about honey. How many of you like to eat honey? Oh, not bad. Uh, you guys don't like honey? Well, guess what? I got a surprise for you. Did you know that if you ever get stung by a honeybee, then you were stung by a girl bee? Because boy bees don't have stingers. Did you know that? Yeah, Corey knew that, he told me. Did you know that honey was found in King Tut's tomb and it was still good and tasty? And get this, that honey was 3,000 years old. Huh, that's a fun fact, it's true. Here's my last one. Honey bees travel as far as three miles away from their hive, going from flower to flower, getting enough, as much nectar and pollen as they can get before they come back to the hive. Three miles is a long way. You guys do not ride your bikes three miles from home. You don't walk three miles to school. So that's a long way for a bee to fly. Well, anyway, this morning, Pastor David and Luke let us in um, a scripture from the Old Testament from the book of Psalms, and it was the 81st Psalm. I want to reread just a little bit from this Bible. It's called the Message Bible. We've used it a few times in Sunday school and in Bible studies and things. I just want to read something. It says, this is God talking, not just any old body, but God. It says, get this straight. Israel, don't take this lightly. Don't take up with strange gods. Don't worship popular gods. What do you think that would be, popular god? In our, what do you think that'd be, Corey? Um, I think it could mean gods that other people worship. Gods that other people worship, but not the one true god. Could it mean that you might worship? Um, Pokemon cards more than you worship God, or you might 
like Barbie dolls, so, so very much that you couldn't live without them. That's what, you don't want to put anything more important than God. So he says, I am your God and I rescued you from Egypt. And then I fed you all you could eat with that manna that uh, we read about in the scripture from Exodus. But guess what? The people didn't listen. And they worshiped gods that weren't the one true God. So here's what I wanted to tell you. That really disappointed God. But God gave them one more chance to get it right. And so listen to what else the scripture told us. It said, listen to me. This is what this verse said. I'll give you a map. Now, if you have a map, are you supposed to follow it? Yes. If you want to get somewhere, right. I, I will take care of all of your enemies. I'm going to give you a map, show you where to go. I'm going to take all of our, all those minute, enemies, and I'm going to send them away defeated. And then, because God loved his people more than anything, God gave them fresh baked bread and butter and honey for their bread. And that's why we talked about honey. Now, Pastor Dave and I agree, this honey bear probably wasn't what it came out of looking like in the hive. It was different. But the, the honey came right out of the rocks because that's where the bees made their nest or their hive. And then this morning, when we go up to Sunday school, we're just going to have a snack and just see how good honey is on fresh baked bread. Now, I have one last fact, one last fun fact. Did you know that honey is 25 times sweeter than sugar, than granulated sugar that you put in your tea or on your cereal in the morning? It's 25% sweeter but god's love is sweeter than any love you'll ever have god's love is the best there is all right there you go let's have a prayer lord we are so grateful for this time together to worship you and praise you and now as the children go off to sunday school with miss stinger just watch over them and keep them in your care. Amen. Please join us in singing hymn number 2008, let all things now living.
Well, first, thank you, Miss Mary Lynn, for your message about commitment to God over other things and the metaphor of honey. One question I had is, who's assigned to taste the honey in King Tut's tomb? It's 3,000 years old. Would you mind tasting that to see if it's still good? Like, how did that play out, I wonder? Is that the job for you? How many of you have had a poor restaurant experience before? Yes? You think of everybody's had a poor restaurant experience. I hope, I hope it didn't happen to be this past Friday when you were eating out. I want you to imagine this, and I hope this doesn't all occur at one time. So you come into a restaurant, immediately you're told it'll only be a short wait. So you park yourself on the little bench in the waiting area, and you sit, and you watch, and you look, and you see the sun go down, and the sun come up, <laughs> and there you are. And you go up to the hostess table to see how much longer is the wait. Who are you again? <laughs> I, you, are you even on this list? You finally do find yourself seated. It's nestled in the back, right by the door of the kitchen and the bathroom. So you've got the servers bustling in and out all the time and a nice little whiff of the trash from the laboratory. It's just the perfect place to be. You would think, except no one seems to be assigned to this table. You wait for a server, no one arrives. So you flag them down and they greet you with, I'm busy, what do you want? We'd like something to drink. Water is first, of course, they serve it up on your lap, spilling it over your cup, uh, all over you. You decide to order something, your favorite at this restaurant, but of course, they're out of it this evening. It's not on the list, as are many other things. So you end up just getting something off the appetizers. How about some mozzarella sticks? Oh my goodness, before the food comes, they're turning out the lights and stacking up the chairs. Did they go to Wisconsin to find these cheese sticks? And you're thinking to yourself, I wish I would have just eaten at home. At least the meatloaf in the freezer would have been better than this. If only I could get up and go home. That's a little bit what the Israelites were thinking. God's covenant people were not real happy with their eating arrangement. Instead of a land of milk and honey, they found themselves in a desert, not a place of dessert, a desert. God's promises vis-a-vis -vis Moses had fallen short. It looked good as they were cruising out of Egypt through the parted sea, but now it's just God-forsaken wilderness. They were saved from one kind of death and led right into another one. Slavery was a bad gig, but at least they had snacks once in a while. I mean, bondage with Doritos, that's preferable to freedom with famine, maybe? I don't know. What do you think's worse, death by oppression or death by starvation? There's always talk of the future, a vision of hope that should propel them forward, but talk's cheap. No poetry is filling that growling tummy. Wilderness was looking a lot like home. Nothing was changing. Fresh dug graves seemed to far outnumber new birthdays. Old Testament professor Terence Freitheim frankly says, 
The horizon kept disappearing in the sandstorms, and faith eroded with the dunes. You know it's more than just a thing of food, right? It's not just that they were hungry. This is more than just being unhappy about our meal out. Wilderness. What's that feel like to you? Sense of restlessness, abandonment, fear. Have you ever been in the wilderness for a stay that was overextended? You know, we all meet hardship. We all meet times when we wonder how, what resources will provide the needs we have. But have you ever been in a time when the wilderness just longs, overextended? You're ready to check out and you just can't figure out how to vacate this desert. Helplessness, hunger, danger, weariness, defeat. These are the characteristics of these Israelites. This crowd, they believed they were God's chosen people. They had even identified a new name for themselves. We are the congregation of the Israelites. They'd taken a new name since vacating slavery. They were no longer tattooed by their taskmaster's whips. They now had the mark of God's call on their heart but they continued to carry the same insecurities, the same dissatisfaction as before they met their Savior. You know, you can take on a new name, but that doesn't always mean you automatically have a new character. You gotta live into that. We might call ourselves Christians, but what does that matter? So what? Do we trust? like someone who's given our uncertainties to Jesus? Do we know that he provides even in the midst of great drought? For the Israelites' faith was very thin. Doubt had grown. The people had just been in a place of oasis. You know what I mean, shade, clean drinking water, a bustling Chick-fil-A with four lanes of drive through for this big Israelite crowd to come in and out of. But now they're on the highway with no exits in sight, not even a gas station subway. It's a food crisis. Now our viewpoint, as we hear them whine and moan, we might want to say, stop your complaining, y'all. After all, didn't you just find freedom after 10 devastating plagues pummeled the Egyptians? Didn't this civilian parade somehow just evade the most powerful military force of its time by walking on a highway carved out through a lake? Didn't God light up the top of a mountain and hand give you guidelines to live by? Miracle after miracle revealing God's presence in your life. You know, if we only had one little Instagram video of God showing up with power and might, we would praise from the penthouses. We wouldn't complain for a hundred years. Then again, I think on the experiences of those who live with food insecurity today. Kids that I tutored in poverty-stricken neighborhoods in the Raleigh-Durham area, or slum villages I visited in Cape Town, South Africa. I try to remember some of their voices as they share 
what it feels like to try and study in school or work or care for your family when you are desperately hungry. And there's fear knowing that if you don't eat enough, you'll get sick, and then you can't go to work, and then you won't have money to buy food for your kids who are going to get sick. And there's depression there, because as a parent, you're proud and you're loving. And who are you if you can't even provide this basic staple of food? to your family. Who am I, to God even, if I can't get food to eat? On July 29th of this year, the World Bank stated that record high food prices have triggered a global crisis that will drive millions into extreme poverty, threatening hard-won gains in development. The war in Ukraine, Supply chain disruptions, the continued economic fallout of COVID-19 are reversing years of development gains and pushing food prices to all-time highs. There are so many factors that play into this. Reduction in grain supplies, higher fuel costs, higher fertilizer prices, trade disruption due to ports shutting down. It's estimated that these historically high prices will last at least until the end of 2024. In June of this year, the number of acute food insecure people, these are people whose access to food right now have made it so that their life is at risk. It's increased to 345 million people in 82 countries. That's up 200 million people in just three years. This is a catastrophic hunger emergency. Not just, oh my gosh, my garlic mashed potatoes didn't come with sour cream when I ordered them. This is, how many days can I make it on only one meal? And don't you think these 350 million people have a little reason to complain, to cry out to God? After all, isn't faith and body intertwined? We know this. How, how are you supposed to focus on community, on a higher power, on developing a spiritual life when your body is so weak because you haven't eaten? Or how can we trust in an all-loving God who cares for people and yet leaves people in pieces due to hunger? Isn't the evidence of God surely to be known in this basic right of life preserved? So I say we want an Exodus-sized miracle or at least it feels like that's what we need to come out of this mess. Whether that mess is global hunger or maybe the mess is just your hunger for some purpose or security or hopefulness again. Maybe that's the mess. Even as Bev was reading the story again, I thought, how about that manna? Wow, now that miracle, that spectacular dew on the ground, unheard of today. We like our miracles, those noticeable intrusions of God into our life, into our space. Maybe it's cancer cured or a car accident avoided or finding that perfect new employee when we know nobody wants to work or that person who caught us right before we fell into the big display of cans at the grocery store. It was a miracle she was there. Or maybe the thought that we'd never escape from the grip of that alcohol addiction, and now we're sober. We love our miracles, and so we cry out for them. I do, don't you? God, come and intervene in a mighty way. 
Make yourself known. Make us breathless. And then when we catch our breath, we'll praise you for this mighty showing of your presence. You know, in my life, I've been to a few, I've been to a few concerts in my life, uh, places where I could sing out my praise, so to speak. And some of them, I'll tell you, some of them were major productions. You know what I mean, where incredible stage design and lighting and smoke and video backgrounds and lots of instrumentation, full bodily sensory experience, right? But Cindy and I would testify to one of our greatest concerts, favorites. We went, this is several decades ago, we went and heard Michael W. Smith sing in his own club in Nashville, Rocket Town, it's a very small venue. Before he came on to sing a few songs by himself, he had this other little group, this other little band come up, never heard of, come up and do a few songs. They were called Jars of Clay, if you've ever heard of them. And then he came out and he just sang a couple songs and talked to us. Maybe there were, I don't know, 70 people in the room. Intimate, just music and stories. Just normal. Now when it comes to wilderness, typically we want rolling stones. We want YouTube. We want Coldplay. We want big time experience of God intervening. The, the, the message title for today was borrowed from a movie, Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs. It's a, a movie about, it's a cartoon movie about this guy who's an inventor and he creates a machine where water can be turned into food and it falls down like rain on the people. That's what we want. Big showing here of food to feed God's people. Come on, God, pour out the blessing until we are soaked. God has done, got me wet, we'll say. But in this Exodus story, as that crowd gathered in the wilderness and God heard their prayers, albeit whiny and complainy prayers, God provides them with the huge miracle of bread. That's not Market Square Arena sold out, huge, grand experience. That's, that's a young lady on a stool with a guitar, bread. That's, that's not too special. That's just a basic staple to get you through your day. I mean, don't get me wrong, bread is important. Civilizations have been built on bread. Despite the recommendations of the Atkins diet, bread is still a staple of lives. But bread, it's not anything extraordinary. It's not intergalactic. <laughs> bread. It came quite naturally, actually. Several scholars have even tried to describe how this bread probably arrived. Manna probably came through this plant lice that's found in the Sinai Peninsula. It punctures the fruit of the tamarisk tree. And it brings out this juice, this yellow, white, flaky substance. It congeals when it's cold, it's sweet, it's high in carbohydrates. When you gather it, you can bake it into bread. I don't find anything wrong with a little science in this story, in this supper, because I think God makes science, works through science. And there's something of a revelation here that God would sustain those people and would sustain us generously 
through simple things, ordinary things, things that are in nature, processes, people that are always around us. The story doesn't say this was a miraculous event. The people were not shell-shocked, flabbergasted. They were not like Flint Lockwood in Cloudy with the Meatballs with his mouth wide open in amazement. God provided to them through this experience, through this environment that was part of them. There were some unusual things that happened within the story, like the eating instructions, the references to twilight and dawn, gathering the treat for six days and resting on the seventh. Sounds a lot like the book of Genesis, and probably it should, because we're supposed to think God is recreating the world here. The people feel like their life is out of order. It's craziness. It's wilderness, but God has a plan. God's doing something beautiful. God's restoring them. God will provide. That's the message here. But can we see those gifts unless they're delivered in a great miracle? Is it possible that we, like Israelites, get very preoccupied with the past, very anxious about the future and are unable to see the graces available in that moment. Maybe if we have the attention, maybe if we dry our eyes to what God is doing, we might say, "What? now what is this? What, what is this that God's providing right now? I, I'd like to think today, and I'd like you to think with me, about what God is providing us in the midst of our wildernesses. Maybe that gift has been present all along, but it didn't seem extraordinary enough to be a God thing. Maybe it was a person we've taken for granted, someone who's been walking with us through this desert, holding us up with their prayers of hope that we didn't realize. Maybe it's an opportunity that's been growing in your life, and now there's a real blessing if you would just say yes to it. And did you know it's possible that you might be the bread for someone else's wilderness around you? Oh, pastor, don't say that. I'm not that special. Well, neither is bread. But you are special. You are the extension of God's living presence in this world. You are available and with others. Did you know that the Latin word for bread, literal, the Latin word for com companion, excuse me, the Latin word for companion means the one who shares bread. That you might be that companion in Christ's name, feeding another. Maybe we're not meant to create miracles ourselves, but to do our very best with what we are, our everyday choices, to ensure that others find a way out of that wilderness. And maybe it is literal feeding, you know, tackling problems of hunger, supporting efforts to develop sustainable agriculture in impoverished areas. 
making food donations to places where there is a food desert, uh, participating in urban farming initiatives, advocating for social change because of this urgency you feel to address global hunger. Maybe, maybe that's it, or maybe you are bred to another because you, you make a meal for them on a particularly hard day. Or you bring a basket of treats over to a friend who's getting ready for a, a tough test or interview. Or maybe you just sit down at the dinner table and have a bowl of soup with someone who's grieving because so often they bear their pain sitting at that table all alone. I think, you know, we are all human. We all walk through wilderness. It's despairing. It feels us hopeless. In our aching, it feels very natural to cry out and complain to God. But God is already at work restoring that life for us. Already active in yours and mine, affecting change in every little nook and cranny of your day. Bread, I believe bread still comes like dew. Good graces of God raining on us each morning. Don't put up your umbrella. Let it fill you up so that you might pour it out before the hungry ones around you. Thanks be to God. Let's pray in thanks for how God does provide us if we have yet eyes of faith to see. Join us in our hymn of prayer.
Oh, loving God, open our heart, our minds, our souls, our mouths to be fed by you, to be filled with your joy and your praise and thankfulness, the gift of your salvation that you give to us, and the sustaining good gifts for our lives. We sing glory to your name because you provide what we need. Your gifts, your words, your loving presence is more than we deserve. We long to give you thanks to live faithfully in response to your good gifts, Lord, but we sometimes show contempt for your word. We hoard and think that all belongs to us and was made by us. We do evil in your sight. We make mistakes. We follow other sources of influence. We sin. And so, Lord, have mercy on us. Turn our voices of complaint and criticism to words of confession and recommitment. Wash away our sin, Lord God, and restore us to life flourishing in you. Lord, thank you for the calling that you do have upon us to feed the hungry people of this world. To do and reply, here I am, Lord, send me the gifts that I have to share. To work up the building of the body of Christ and your greater world. Empower us where we fear weak and unwanted. Remind us you, all, you always have a place for us in your plan. You have given us the bread of life <laughs> that we might endure to eternal life. It is your will that all should live. Give this same bread to those who are in distress, whether that is physical ailing, mental struggle, lack of feeling connected to others. This morning, Lord, we pray for those specifically we know need your comfort, your presence, your healing to be upon them. Even as we rejoice at the Smock family anniversary next week, we do pray for Steve and his battle with leukemia. Surround him with strength in the midst of this journey. We pray for David Wiley having heart surgery later this week. We pray that this will resolve some of the struggle he has been experiencing. Hold him in your care during this dangerous and lengthy procedure. We pray, Lord, for continued healing for Sally Crosby. You know the suffering she experiences, Lord. Relieve this pain from her. We pray this morning for the family and friends of a young nine-year-old named Blake who passed away. We know that his friends Dylan and Corey are with us today. We pray for them and all that knew Blake and may healing be provided to those that mourn today. Lord God, hear these prayers for those named and for others on our hearts. We know that you are faithful to them just as you were faithful to people of old who hungered for you to be with them. God, you give life to the world. Hear our prayers. 
that the world will be fed, that the world will come together in peace, that the world will come to know your name and proclaim it loudly. And thanks for all that you do for us. Hear us now as we pray in our way of unity and thanksgiving, the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our sins, as we forgive those who have sinned against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. For probably two years now, we've had offering plates at the back door. You didn't see them today, and you thought, all right, no, but the plates are coming around here. We're resuming that tradition, so thank you for the three that have volunteered to support us today. So may we give thanks for God's good gifts during this time of offering this morning.
Heavenly Father, we bring our tithes and offerings to you this day with grateful hearts for your love, for your presence, and your many blessings. Father, as we live, leave this church today, help us to show your love and be a blessing to others. In Jesus' name, amen. Miss us with thy blessing, found on page 671 in our red. I tend to find that whenever I go out to eat and it's a poor experience, all is made right when they bring out that basket of rolls. You know, those buttery rolls just turn things around. So may God provide you with that buttery roll in the midst of your wilderness this day, giving you hope. In Christ's name, amen.